here to get validated. You. You are awesome. Excuse me? You have an amazing face. You've got powerful features, man. Anyone ever tell you that? Um, no. Then listen. You look a little down. And it may seem like sometimes people don't understand you. But someday, man, someday, people are going to see you for what you really are. You? You really think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are great. Great. Need a validation, please? You. You are great, ma'am. You have amazing cheekbones. Really? Yes. We have a situation. Where? Six months old. What the hell's going on? You've been through it. You know. You've had so much life experience that other people don't appreciate, but you know. Plus you do. They're not patronizing the shops. They're just coming to see him. Oh, sir. Get in great shape. You work out? Not for long. I do, actually. Uh, yeah, thanks. Young man, we are running a business here, not a social club. That is a fantastic suit. It really flatters you. You think so? Really? You guys work so hard. You are the backbone that keeps this place running. It always felt like no one really appreciated us. Yeah, I mean, our jobs are so stressful. It seems like most of the times people just don't see it. No, what you do is so important. You know, I bet the boss would love to meet you. You are great. You provide hundreds of jobs, sustaining hundreds of families. That's huge. That's so good to hear. Most times I feel like people don't recognize that. I'm just the big bad man on the hill. Not at all. You give. Oh, my Lord. You know, I know some people who would probably like to meet you. Take me home! Mr. President, no matter what people say about you, you have still got a great golf swing. God bless you. You do. You have a fantastic mustache. I bet Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck look at you and get envious. I'm not kidding. Thank you. You're welcome. Hugh Newman, a man who is changing the world with free parking and free compliments. New leaf. A very big new leaf. Your license is expired, sir. That is why you're great at what you do. You are so thorough. Really? You think so? Hugh, what is your secret? I just love to see people smile. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That was the first four minutes of a 16-minute short film that has won... I think 17 awards so far called Validation. You can Google it and find it and watch it at home if you like. For the last two Sundays, we've been talking about leadership issues due to foreseen growth of our congregation and the resulting need for more leaders. 
We've been drawing lessons for leaders from the life of Joshua, where we saw that he was loyal and trustworthy and qualified for leadership and called into leadership. We also saw that both God and Moses instructed him to be courageous, very courageous, which involves using the courage we already have, as well as learning how to be prepared and stay that way. Last week, my wife very ably spoke to us as leaders on courage, specifically courage, thanks to the lion from Oz, which involves point C1, placing our confidence in Christ, CO2, cutting off from past cumbrances, C3, comforting others as we ourselves are comforted, And C4, her most explosive point, continuing to be conscious of people's needs. And C5, cultivating confidence in our calling. If our enemies can make us doubt who we are and who we are called to be, then they can intimidate us to the point that we are robbed of our courage. If you have to encourage yourself by using your own words, then do so with confidence. Can you repeat after me? I am who God says I am. I am going to be who God says I'm called to be. Amen. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and encourage yourself when no one else can. You got to get a hold of yourself. There's a, there's a story in the Bible of David who was down in the dumps. He and his Gang of soldiers had gone to battle. When they came back, their enemies had captured their wives and stolen their, all their stuff and kidnapped all their children. David's own allies turned against him. They wanted to kill him. And he was discouraged. But the Bible says that he encouraged himself, and the Hebrew word there means to get a hold of yourself. He seized himself. Uh, you ever feel yourself spiraling? You're going down into the dumps, but there comes a point where you decide, you know, this is as low as I'm going to be. I think I'll stop the elevator right here. That's what David did. He stopped the elevator of depression and got a hold of himself and began to encourage himself when no one else is around. And not only did they regain all that they had lost, but they conquered those enemies too. Have you found Second Corinthians yet? Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Paul had come under heavy criticism in this church in South Greece. And he affirms who he is. An apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He knew that his qualifications uh, could have been done away with by his past. He was a Christian killer. But God chose to save him and make him who he was. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia, which includes Athens and some other cities in southern Greece, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, And God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 
For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Or if, if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. Equal to the battle is the grace that we need to go through it. The power behind us, within us, is greater than the task before us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that you would speak to us through your word this morning, that we would be encouraged to be better encouragers than we've ever been. In the name of Jesus, amen. Verse 3 again, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. The Greek word there for comfort is the word paraklesis, which means consolation, exhortation, entreaty, cheering, and supporting influence. The Amplified Version and the Complete Jewish Bible translated as encouragement who comforts us in all our tribulation. Let's look at that. Who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, it's got to be rotten to have to be the devil. Because as we are faced with battles and attacks from him or our other enemies... We learn how to overcome. We don't have a choice, right? We have to learn. And as we learn how to overcome, we learn how to help other people overcome. He comforts us in all our tribulation so that we will be able to comfort those who are also in tribulation with the comfort with which we have received when we were in tribulation. The Amplified Version says, who comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted, consoled, and encouraged by God. The complete Jewish Bible says, so that we may encourage others in whatever trials they may be undergoing with the encouragement we ourselves have received from God. So the word for encouragement is paraklesis. The word for encourage or comfort is parakaleo, which means to call near, to invite, to invoke, to call for, to persuade, to animate, or encourage. The Holy Spirit does that. He is the parakletos. He's the paraclete, the comforter, or it could be also correctly be translated, he is the encourager. How many is thankful for the encourager? We don't go through difficulties alone. Verse 5 says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, that is encouragement, also abounds through Christ. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Where troubles arise, the encouragement we need to face those problems is sure to arise as well. 
Amen. There's some facts about encouragement I'd like to share. They're kind of obvious, but yet they're easy to forget. Number one, people like to be encouraged. Do they not? They really do. Um, Last October, we began putting our sermons online with notes. And the record, uh, you can either download them and save them on your computer, or you can listen to them on your computer, or you can subscribe to a podcast. It's all there for free. And you can download the notes if they're available. So, so far, uh, people have listened to the sermon, or at least started to. We don't know how many minutes they listen, but at least they started to 988 times um, since October. But they've downloaded the notes 729 times. The record for listening was when Noel Richards was here. Was that not a very encouraging word? Uh, Fifty people listened to his sermon, either downloaded it or, or listened to it through the main player or through the podcast. But the record for listening and uh, downloading the notes was a series we did last November on encouraging words for discouraging times. There was a sermon how to do all to stand. 45 people downloaded the notes. How to stand in shaky times. 57 people downloaded those notes. How to handle disappointment. 61 people downloaded those notes. And the number one for our first year online of downloading the notes, it was a sermon, Double for Your Trouble. 89 I say that not to brag on my preaching, but just to illustrate the point, people like to be encouraged. They just do. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but an encouraging word makes it glad. These guys... Attend Purdue University. You may have read about them a couple weeks ago in the Hood County News in the American Profile magazine. I have an article up here if you'd like to see it. Brett Westcott and Cameron Brown. They go out in the middle of their campus once a week for two hours straight and just shout compliments at people. Here is... A record according to the Chicago Tribune. Sound, please. I like your leather gloves. I love your leopard bag. I love the floral pattern on your purse. Sir, I like that uh, plaid shirt. Have a good day, man. It looks good. Hey, there's a lot of people having bad bad days recently. America's not in the state that it was. And people are kind of gloomy and sad. Both have nice purple coats. If we can come out here for a couple hours every day and people tell us that they really enjoy us out here and that they smile every time they see us, then I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And the gentleman who just walked past today, we're both sharing that we absolutely love having you out here. All right. Part of the Thank reason you. for the big smile. Awesome. Thank okay. you. Have a good day.
We're the mailman of compliments. We are. Yeah, I like your leather jacket, cool hat. I love that pink sweatshirt. Enjoy, that, enjoy apple. that apple. Stay nutritious. Yeah. Every, every compliment we give is always sincere. There's always something good in everybody that you can compliment. Absolutely awesome. They've complimented my bike. They've complimented my my hair. These just guys are just simply awesome. And we're we're really out here because we like to give compliments. Yeah. No no other reason. No other reason. At first, I thought it was a, a bit insincere. Here, but uh, now it doesn't seem that much. They just seem to try to compliment anything, and they do seem a bit uh, actually sincere about it. We try and make them as personal as possible. Like Sir, you look excellent today. Hey, I like that uh, T-shirt. Like not asking for anything. They just have the sign and they try to act sincere about it. You're looking great. I love that argyle sweater. I love your scarf. Cool shades. I like your uh, black coat. Cool headphones. You're looking very professional, sir. The hair looks terrific. Now, the first video you viewed was fictitious, but this is true. I know a lot of times reality TV is discovered to be staged. These guys do this every week when no cameras there. And the attention they're getting from the world is a sign. People like to be encouraged. So I think we made the point. People like to be encouraged. Now, next point, people need godly encouragement. It's fine to encourage people while they're on their way to hell. You know, hey, nice bike. <laughs> but people need godly encouragement. Nice dive as you're diving over the cliff into the empty swimming pool. We encourage people to do the right thing. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction. Talking about the scriptures. That by endurance and the encouragement from the scriptures we might hold fast to and cherish hope. Hope in the living God. Hold fast to the covenant that he has for us. People need godly encouragement. And being an encourager, as, it, as popular as it is with the secular world, does not originate with them because the secular world does well with discouraging people and criticizing people. If you don't think so, just watch the comedy channel. The New Testament, there's some encouragers. There's Jesus Christ. Uh, remember the Beatitudes? Those were given just before he's about to issue 50 commands where he takes the Ten Commandments and makes them all matters of the heart. But before doing so, he begins to speak out these blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Um, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. And, and the gist I get from the Beatitudes is he's speaking blessings over the person who is in the midst of repenting, speaks blessings, affirmations, encouragement. Barnabas was named Joseph. And uh, according to Acts 4, the apostles renamed him Barnabas, which means a son of encouragement. And he was from the Mediterranean island of Cyprus, which they've latched onto that, and they call themselves the Island of Encouragement. Uh, the letter to Gentile believers from Acts chapter 15, you know, they were 
getting uh, attacked by people who said you have to become Jewish to be believers and the men need to be circumcised and the women have to run a kosher kitchen. And the apostles met together and heard from the Lord and says, no, you know, those, those laws were too hard for us to obey. All that we desire for them to do is to abstain from idolatry, sexual sin, things strangled in blood. And he sent this letter out to the Gentile believers throughout the early church regions. And the Bible says the letter encouraged the believers. Paul encouraged people. Uh, in Acts chapter 14, he's been stoned and got back, gotten back up and went into Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. Verse 22, establishing and strengthening the souls and hearts of the disciples, urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he gives this blessing. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us everlasting consolation and encouragement and well-founded hope through grace, comfort and encourage your hearts and strengthen them in every good word and deed. And he loved to send people to encourage others. Tychicus he sent to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians 6, 22 is talking about Tychicus. He says, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that he may console and cheer and encourage and strengthen your hearts. He sent him to the church in Colossae. In Colossians 4, verse 8 says, talking about Tychicus, he says, I sent him to you for this very purpose, that he may comfort and cheer and encourage your hearts. He also sent Timothy to encourage the church in Thessalonica. He said, we sent Timothy in chapter 3, verse 2, to strengthen and establish and exhort and comfort and encourage you in your faith. And Paul taught the churches to encourage themselves and to encourage one another. In 1 Thessalonians, in three different places, he tells them to comfort one another, 4.18. Encourage one another, 5.11. Encourage the timid and faint-hearted, 5.14. So encouragement is a New Testament thing. It's not a modern trend. It's not a fad. It's a biblical value. Which brings us to our next point. We, too, are called to be encouragers. So we've seen that people like to be encouraged. People need godly encouragement. And we are called to be those godly encouragers they need. Amen? Hebrews 10 says, Let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up to love and helpful deeds and noble activities not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as is the habit of some people and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. You may wake up one Sunday morning and think, I'm good. I don't need any encouragement, so I'm going to go spend time with God out in nature. Meanwhile, there's somebody here that needs encouragement that only you can give because they are going through a battle that you have gone through. Tell your neighbor, don't hold out on me now. I need your encouragement sometimes. We are called, number four, for encouraging good. Called to encourage good, not encourage evil. 
Now, here's a strange passage it's in Second John, verse chapter one. Well, it's there's no there's only one chapter. There's no chapter, so just verse ten it says, "If anyone comes to your meeting, and he's been talking to them about false teachers, people attempting to dilute the gospel and distract them and lead them away from Christ." If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. Uh, This doesn't mean to try to run over the Mormon missionary driving down the street or the denomination you don't agree with to pick it outside their building. It just means that Christ is to be preached and we should use our resources for that end and not to encourage someone to do something that could mislead them or could empower them to mislead others. I give you an example. Um, In the Washington, D.C. area was a church similar to ours that allowed people to give words of exhortation, words of prophecy uh, at an appropriate time in the service. And um, this guy got up and gave a word that was off. And the leaders of the church just tried to encourage your brother, oh, God bless you, and they didn't correct it. Well, in the crowd was a baby Christian, a young believer who was mesmerized by this man's word. And so she met him after the service. And he was able to persuade her to allow him to come to her house so he could encourage her some more. And when he got to her house, he said, you know, this house is so full of demons, I need to move in here for six months. So he then moved in her house and totally deceived her and misled her and took her down a path of sexual sin. Then the leaders in the church tried to do something about it. It was too late. She had already bought into the man's bill of goods. So see where it comes serious? You don't encourage people who are misleading, intentionally misleading people. That guy was a wolf in sheep's clothing. All right. How to be an encourager. A, learn how to encourage yourself and do so. You know, Jesus said... In John, he says, if you continue in my words, let's say continue. If you continue in my words, you shall be my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's the truth, you know, that makes you free, right? But there's even a more foundational element to knowing the truth. It's the truth you continue in that you know that makes you free. The truth we experience is a truth that makes us free. We experience truth to the point that we know it very well. So the truth we know is what makes us free. But it's a truth we continue in that enables us to experience that truth. It's not enough to have mental assent or just basic knowledge of what the truth is. It's a truth that's applied or continued in that makes a difference. So it's fine to know you're the righteousness of God. It's fine to know 
You are who God says you are. It's fine to know that he loved you while you were yet a sinner. Christ died for you. It's fine to know that. But we must continue in that truth and remind ourselves with our mouths, speaking words from our heart to encourage ourselves so that that truth will make us free. You understand that? Truth is like a sword. It has to be exercised. There's a sword in your mouth. Proverbs says the tongue speaks like the piercings of a sword. And we know that. Who's been cut by somebody's harsh words? We know that in the negative, but we need to know that in the positive. The sword of our mouth speaking forth the word of God, the life-giving truth makes a difference. It's fine to get encouragement from other members of the body of Christ, but there are, there are times you will not be able to get a hold of anyone or there are times the trial you're going through, no one else has gone through, that you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. And in so doing, you'll be able to encourage others. When people need encouragement, they need somebody who's encouraged to encourage them. Amen? You ever, gone to, you ever been discouraged and gone to someone who was also discouraged? Misery loves company, and it'd be suddenly a country song was born, you know. Play that song backwards, you get your dog back, your wife back, and sober, and your mama comes back to life. You get your truck out of the repo. <laughs> Identify with the discouragement of another. Identify with the discouragement of another. Uh, a few weeks ago, we showed a fictitious video of a guy preaching from a rooftop. Hey, people, don't go to hell. Hey, people, Jesus loves you. And he was having very little effect. Hey, I'm up here telling the good news. Because he's not down on the level with the people. You have no impact. And so you've got to identify with where folks are at. That's why we're most effective in encouraging someone when we're coming out of the deposit in our own hearts of having walked through a similar season. We're able to identify with that person's need and able to tell them the truth effectively. Speak the truth in love, especially the truth that you have experienced. Let's go back to B there. Um, the word parakaleo we saw means to call near, to invite, to persuade, to animate or encourage. Comes from two words, para and kaleo. The word para means to be near or beside, in the vicinity of, with or by. It's the word that's part of the word parachute, parachurch, paratrooper. Paralegal, someone alongside to help, but uh, it, it depends on what you pair up. Para with determines whether or not it's positive because you could have a parasite. And then kaleo, which means to call, to call forth, to summon, to style, to regard, or to name. When we encourage someone, we remind them of who they are. We regard them for who God called them to be. But we don't do it from a distance. We do it with them. You know, Jesus said, the comforter is coming who will never leave you. He's the paraclete. He's the one called alongside to help. He is with us. I cannot really encourage someone from a distance. You know, stay away from me, but God bless you. Be warmed and be filled. 
I spoke the word. I gave them the word. I said my word and healed them. No, you, you go and be a blessing that you can be. Be, be a parakletos, parakaleo, to call forth, to style, to, to help, help put a smile on their face, to validate them. Amen. Speak the truth in love, especially the truth that you have experienced. Remember our text again. Praise be God, Father of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. This is the Jewish translation. Compassionate Father, God of all encouragement and comfort, who encourages us in all our trials so that we can encourage others in whatever trials they may be undergoing with the encouragement we ourselves have received from God. How many enjoy encouraging people? It just, it, you get blessed yourself while you're encouraging them. You may, you may be like the TV preacher that said, man, this is good stuff. I'm going to get the tape myself. Because the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance truths that you may have forgotten or even revelation of things you didn't quite understand in the same light that encourages that person. And out of that, you get encouragement yourself. So I have a challenge for you today. Are you ready? Two-point challenge. First point, encourage two people today before the sun goes down. Now, no looking around. Because I don't want anybody raising their hand just because somebody's going to look at them. I don't want anybody just going through the motions. But who honestly will say, I will, as God enables me, of course, I will do my best to encourage two people today before it gets dark outside. you got plenty of time. Daylight savings time is still an event. Go for it. Second point, endeavor to encourage two people every day this week before the sun goes down or before it rises if you work the night shift. Who will try to do that? Amen. I'm telling you, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have some encouraging announcements. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would enable us as a church to be a place of encouragement where we're not quick to encourage, to, to correct one another, but we are quick to encourage one another, to provoke one another to good deeds, to inspire godliness, to rename one another with labels that are positive. Lord, we thank you that you gave yourself for us on the cross so that we could have a new life. Our sins were nailed to the cross so that we could have new life, a new beginning, a new reputation, a new righteousness, a new walk with you. So, Lord, I pray for those here who do not know you. I pray that, Lord, that they would be encouraged today to call out to you for the forgiveness of their sins to put their faith in you and in your death, your burial, and in your resurrection. And Lord, I pray for those of us who do know you, that you would enable us to encourage